Thanks for listening to this Oakland Church message. At Oakland Church, we exist so people far from God will follow Christ and fulfill their purpose. For the full Sunday morning experience, join us at our Rochester, Michigan location every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Good morning, church. Praise God, praise God, praise God. So good to be in church with you this morning. So excited about what God's already done in our midst. Powerful time of worship. Don't ever miss worship. I'll tell you, God, God does sometimes in one moment in worship what you can spend a, a year or two years trying to achieve or a lifetime many times. He comes right in the middle. We've been so excited about this series on Marked, uh, M-A-R-K-E-D. This morning, the title of the message is uh, Children Marked by and for God. How many excited about children being marked by and for God? We want our children to be marked by and for God. I don't know if you know this, but uh, three out of every 10 children know Christ. That means seven out of 10 children don't have a relationship with God yet. 40 million children don't go to church in America. Statistics say that 85% of every person that comes into a, a walk of faith with Christ, a personal relationship, they come to Christ at the age of 15 or lower. 85% of the people that come to know Christ, it happens between the ages of 15 and lower. 10% of the people come to Christ between the ages of 15 and 30. And 5%, 5% come to Christ after the age of 30. When we think about those staggering statistics, no wonder the Lord says here in Joel chapter 3, 9, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. The Lord's saying he's waking up and he has woken up the mighty men. I'm standing here before the mighty men. I'm standing here before the mighty woman. Psalms 127.4 says, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. The Lord's saying, Your children are like arrows, and you, my friend, a young father or, or, or a growing father, are the mighty man. The title of the message again is clearly, Marking Our Children for God. You and I both know today that the world is very... They're very specific, they're very calculable, they're very intentionable about grabbing the minds of the children, society. They'll spend millions of dollars on 30 seconds of commercial just to grab the mind of a child. Through all that goes on, children, all on television, the, the violence, the drugs, the sex, all the different things that happen. They say by the time a young person's graduated, they'll have 200 and they have two and a half years of television that they've watched by the time they graduated, and all that's coming at them. Society as you know, the world as you know, the Bible says the world system is operated by the wisdom of darkness for the most part. Principalities and powers are pumping out lies, anti-Christ doctrine, thoughts, wisdom, and ways to live. They don't have the knowledge of God, and they don't want the knowledge of God. They're just pumping out things into our children. 
And that's why the Lord says in this days, I've woken up the mighty men, and they're going to mark their children for me. They're going to be arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Can I hear a good amen? amen. And I thank God that the Lord has marked this church, and the men and the women of this church have been marked by God, that you and I are, are arrows that are going to be shot out to the young, to the children, to the youth, and we're going to influence them, and we're going to watch them get marked for God in this day. We are not God's plan B. Oakland Church is God's plan A. He's already marked this church. He's put an anointing on this church. And, and, and as Jonathan has already said, the world might say death and destruction the fourth day, but the Lord's saying, I'm resurrecting the young people in this hour, and Oakland Church is gonna be one of my mighty men and women that I'm using the thrust to save a generation. They're gonna be marking children wherever they go. Give the Lord a good hand clap if you believe that. I believe that. I love this scripture. I didn't put it on the screen, but it's Job 14, 8 and 9. Listen to this. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stumps decayed. Though the roots have grown old in the earth and the stump is decayed. You know, many people might say our society is that way in so many ways. And children and youth and young people. And people that you come in contact with, its roots have grown, grown old, the earth and its stumps to decay. Listen, at the scent of water, it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. The Lord's saying that even though sin has decayed this world and the propaganda from hell that has populated our world, people don't know their gender anymore. They don't know the right from wrong anymore. There's a generation that I've marked for God, mighty men and women that know the truth that are empowered by my Holy Spirit, when they walk among the dead, dead, dead in sin and trespasses, at the scent of the water that's flowing out of you, the Bible says the, they'll begin to bud immediately. They'll be bringing forth special seedling are going to burst forth. I'm prophesying to you that wherever you go, you're bringing the river of truth, the river of the presence of God and the power of God into death and the decaying children and generation that we live in. But when you come, the water flows and it's gonna cause people to bud spiritually and come to life. There's gonna be new seedlings and new life popping up all over through your influence and through your ministry. Give the Lord a hand clap if you believe that. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I believe that. I believe that. So get ready, church. You've been marked for God. The Holy Spirit is on you and with you. And if you haven't, this is the spot for you to receive that spirit this morning. If you've come in as a seeker, today's your day. God loves you. He wants to pour his spirit upon you and bless you. That's why when I think of 40 million children that don't go to church, they don't know a scripture, they don't know Jesus, they don't know God. They're out there aimlessly and hopelessly like a shepherd with no, like, like a, a sheep without a shepherd. That's why when I think about you and I with our children, many of you have children, many of you have grandchildren, many of nephews and nieces. We have probably 250, maybe close to 300 children that call Oakland Church their home. That's why when I think about next week, Dominic, and the following week, Jed coming, that I'm I'm deputizing everyone to walk out of this church and to think about your mandate, wake up the mighty men. Wake up the mighty men in this hour. And even said in Malachi chapter four, he said, before the great day of the Lord, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. 
lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. He said, I'm sending you the spirit that was on Elijah before the coming of the day. And he will turn the hearts of the, the spirit of God is turning men and women hearts back towards the youth, the children. And I say this because next week, Dominic and Jed will be here. I'm deputizing you to bring all the children you could bring into this place. Dominic wrote a book, say, Dominic wrote a book 10, 15 years ago that said, don't say I'm too young. Speaking about Jeremiah, how many people know Samuel was six and seven years old when he heard the voice of God? Dominic preached a message and wrote a book called, Don't Say I'm Too Young to Hear from God or Make a Difference. And I believe next week when Dominic's here, I'm deputizing you, 40 million children that don't even go to church, get them where there's a, there's a scent of water. There's a scent of the life and the resurrection power of God. Get them into this atmosphere and let's trust God to bring forth a resurrection in their hearts. Bring forth life and liberty. Could I hear a good amen, church? And then Jedediah the following week, I just want to prophesy that, that God has marked this church and because you've been marked by God, you're God's mighty man, you're God's mighty woman, you are the hope of a world right now. You are the hope of a generation. I want you to know that right now. Will you say, Pastor Dominic, you don't know my past? Listen, that's what I love about Christ. He takes broken people and restores us. Read Isaiah 61. He doesn't take the perfect people. He takes the brokenhearted, the ones that were captive, the ones that were blind, the ones that lost vision, the bruised. And he says, I'm healing and I restore you and I free you up. And then you are the ones that are going to restore broken cities and broken lives and broken people. I don't take perfect people. I take broken people. I mend them with my power and my love. I make them one of my trophies and with the compassion of God, they go forth to heal a generation. They go forth to mend broken hearts. Can I hear a good amen, church? Give the Lord a good hand clap if you believe that. Amen. The scripture says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel. My friend, when the Lord gets a, through, gets a hold of your life, you become a sign and a wonder to the world around you. Man, did you see that guy? Do you see the way he's talking? Do you see the way he's living? You become a sign. What's a sign? A sign reflects a direction. And when you and I walk out at these doors, we become a sign to the waitresses, the waiters, We've, I love what Carl said, we're gifts to the poor. That's why pe Christians are the greatest chippers in the world. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Our waitress said, man, when people come over and do something, if I've got something in my pocket, I want to bless them. I want to bless people that come into my house, whatever I can do. Give them water, give them pop, give them a sandwich, give them an apple, give them a peach. I got produce, they're walking out with groceries. Why? Because I want them to know that somebody loves them, that God cares about them. They're not just a number, they're not just a stat. They just don't come over and fix my refrigerator. God cares about them. God wants to impact them. And there's something inside me that wants to touch them. It's the God side. And we want them to know that it's God. We're a sign and a wonder of God. People want to know him. I had someone doing my landscaping a couple, year, a couple weeks ago. Mike, I don't know if you're here, but Mike's team is one guy, Danny. And Danny would come to me and he said, do you think my mother's in heaven? And then we talked and just shared. His mother knew Christ. And I said, absolutely, Danny. I began to talk about mom and you got a tear in his eyes and we prayed I feel so good I feel so good I stuck a $20 bill in his hand maybe that's not a lot but as much as I had I gave him 20 I gave another guy 20 another guy 20 thank you for all your work thank you for the sweat on a 90 degree day that's the least I could do for me amen you some of you say boy that was sure cheap well that's the best I could do at that moment <laughs> but 
I gave him pop better. I bought him some. I went to I went to that submarine place. What's the name of it? Subway. Yeah, that Subway. <laughs> I went to Subway. I got him the big ones too. I didn't get him the half ones. I gave him the big ones. Every one of them. One wanted a meatball sandwich, and one wanted steak and cheese. The other wanted the attack. I got him chips. I got him a pop. What else? I don't think I got him cookies. I, I brought him candy bars in the mirror head. The healthy, the kind bars. I gave him the, health, the, the expensive ones, the kind bars. Praise the Lord. Amen. As we're ministering to children and youth, the, I'm going to give you a couple points. In every one of these points, the first letter starts with a W. Number one, welcome them. Jesus said in Matthew 19, then little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands upon them and, and on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked those who brought the children to him. But he said, leave the children alone. Allow the little ones to come to me. Don't forbid or restrain or hinder them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Could you see the Lord getting a little upset about this? He was like, listen, the devil is intentional about grabbing kids young. They need to come to me, and don't you do anything to hinder the kids. By your negligence or by your will for action, don't hinder kids from me. Don't stand in my way and be a stumbling block. By your ignorance, by your willful neglect of not doing what you should be doing, I want the kids, I want you to bring them to me, I want you to welcome them to me, I want you to get them to me, do whatever it takes. That's your responsibility to connect them with me. The disciples might have thought like many other people think, Jesus is too busy with the adults. He has more important things to attend. And besides, the children won't understand him anyways. But Jesus said, leave the children alone. Let them come to me. I have already put in the children's heart, their little hearts, the desire to know me, to seek me, and to love me. Jesus was saying, don't stop an action that's already in progress. They're coming my way. They're coming towards me. I want to encourage every parent here that knows God and loves God. Your, your children already have an, have, have an inward bent to move their hearts towards the S-U-N. Just like an olive plant or a flower has a bent to move to the S-O-N. No, the S-U-N. The spiritual children have a bent to move to the S-O-N. It's, it's, it's inside them. You could put a plant over here, and if the sun's over there, the, pen, the, the plant will bend back towards that sun. And your child already has a bed. Don't neglect it. Don't stop it. Don't hinder it. Do everything you can to water it. Do everything you can to encourage it. In love of Jesus said, welcome them. Accept them. Bring them to me. One of the hardest things for a pastor to do is watch parents who don't bring their kids to church. When I know the kids want God so bad. The hardest thing for me is to watch people get in the way by neglect. A lot of them, now we know a lot of people could say a lot of things about some bad people in the world. Bad people. But I got a feeling those bad people used to be a little child, three, four, five, two years old, four years old, five years old. But there was some adult in that young little boy's influence. Now I know we don't like Adolf Hitler and we don't love Saddam Hussein and we don't love different people. But I wonder who influenced that man. I wonder who was the adult that directed him into darkness instead of light. I wonder who could have brought him. Maybe he, I heard one time he wanted to be a priest. But somebody intercepted God. The devil brought some adult there that got him to hate 
people, to guide him to, 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 have, um, to have these different addictions, these different habits, these different thought patterns, prejudice, and people that want to do things. No child wants to hate a black man or a white man or a red man or a yellow man. They're taught by some adult. Let's get that garbage out of us adults and let's show our children we love everybody in Jesus' name. Don't hinder them. Don't hinder them. Don't hinder them. Jesus said, Matthew 18, whoever, whoever, therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one of these little child like this in my name receives me. The Lord says, when you truly receive a child in my name, you receive me. That's why we invested into this great time at VBS and the finances and all the work that our people put on here. And we keep saying, how can we make the children's ministry the best? What can we do, Lord, to draw the children and bring them to Christ? That word receives a little child. That word receive means to make one feel like a welcome guest. That's why we thank God for the power company children that come from Pontiac. We have maybe 30 or so children that come from Pontiac. We've got these Lysandra and her team. They bring 30 children from Pontiac to our church, and we make them feel like a welcome guest. They're so behaved, they're so beautiful, they're so wonderful, and we get to bring them to Jesus and lay our hands on them and bless them in the name of the Lord and watch something we can circumvent the thought and plan of the devil. You do know that Proverbs chapter 6 says this, that the adulteress comes after the precious life. The adulteress. Now, you could talk about the adult, you could just talk about the devil, the drug addicts, the drug dealers, all the, all the garbage that's out there. He said they come after, the enemy comes after the precious life. He doesn't come after the adults, adults so much. He comes off to that little naive, naive little five-year-old, that four-year-old, that eight-year-old, that 10-year-old. He's coming after something that's precious, that hasn't been tainted. I thank God that he's woken up the, the mighty men, the fathers and the mothers. And he's saying, not in my house. You can't have my kids. You can't have my children. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Not in my house. So we're going to welcome the children. Matter of fact, the Lord says, whoever offends one of these little ones in me, it would be better for him to put a millstone hung around his neck and drown in the depth of the sea. He said, it's not good to offend, to set something out that turns them away from God. You never want to do that. You want to be always one welcoming them, bringing them in there. I know as a parent, sometimes I felt like, Lord, please forgive me. I don't ever want my kids, me, my, my actions or my words to begin to move them with a different thought or action. I used to pray that, Lord, please teach them, Lord. Forgive me and let them see you. And God has been good to us with that. Can I hear a good amen, parents? Amen. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says our children are taught of the Lord. Amen. Number two, get, we welcome them to the Lord. We also give them the word. Did you know that Abraham was not blessed because he was a good businessman? Abraham, God chose him not because he was a good farmer, a lawyer, a banker, a doctor, an architect, or salesman. The reason Abraham was chosen and blessed by God is because he taught his children the word of God and commanded them to walk in that word that he taught them. That's what the word says. Look at Genesis 18, 19. For I know Abraham, God says, he will command his children and his household after him that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that they, the Lord might bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken about him. God knew that Abraham was going to train his children with the word. Scriptures, the truth of God's word. This is what the Bible says about your gender, son. So many kids are struggling with that right now because it's real. It's a real struggle. 
I think we all know that we all have a bent to some type of iniquity, iniquity or every, an inward propensity. We've been shaped in iniquity. Christ comes and he changes us, makes us brand new. But we have, we, we have generational things that we all have to deal with. We have to wrestle with some of these things. And some of these kids, because society now has programmed all this other lies on them, it's double whammy. But we got to be careful that our kids can, they can wrestle with their identity according to the truth. Can I hear a good amen? That's what I love about the word of God that we can give our children when, when society, when, when, when the world is teaching them about all these, these, these hundreds and hundreds of different genders you might be. We can go to one book, make it simple and clear, you're either male or female. Now you might have some struggles on the inside, but God's going to help you, son. God's going to help you, daughter. The, the, Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't do, I find myself wanting to do. Who's going to deliver me from this mess? He said, thanks be unto God, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, the power of the church. God will keep changing you. God will give you the victory. God will make you whole. God will help you through that confusion. God will make you right when you feel like you're wrong. He's going to do it for you. But I'm so glad I can give my kids the book and say, you might be struggling son but as you humble yourself before the Lord he's going to give you grace he'll he'll help you figure this out he'll give you the truth that will set you free and he'll make you whole and make you an overcomer he's going to make all things good to you again in Jesus name can I hear a good amen in Jesus name amen amen I heard somebody say even today he said that most children that get into these 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 relationships same-sex relationships it's not so much the sex, sexual act that most of them are just seeking love, acceptance, and they get into these environments, and that's the second part of it. I thank God as a church, we can welcome the children. We can bless the children. Can I hear a good amen? We can give them the word of God and help them through some of those struggles. And he said, Abraham, he says in Deuteronomy 6, 6, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them to your children again and again. Impress them upon your children and teach them. Talk about them when you're at your home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed at night, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them as, as on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your gates. So he's saying, he's saying, give them the word of God. Give them the truth. Can I hear a good amen? amen. You, fathers and especially fathers and mothers, mothers and fathers, it's so powerful when you when you're not only giving the truth, but you begin to become a living epistle. You know, every one of you have been marked by Godfathers, mothers, every one of you have been marked. And you've become a living epistle. Do you know your example is shaping your children? How you talk to people, your patience, your faith, your words, your giving, your service, all these, your work ethic, all these things are a living epistle. My father talked to the word out of his mouth, but I caught a lot of things from him. I just seared into my consciousness that was the way he lived. Not a perfect man, but he walked by faith. He walked with God. And I was marked because of his example. And then every now and then, when we'd be in the car, he would give me a word. Matter of fact, I remember one time when I was 22 years old, I'm driving in the car, and I said, Dad, I don't know how I'm ever going to get married. I have a hard time taking, my, taking care of myself, let alone a wife. Any of you guys ever felt that way? I was going through things that in my early 20s, and my dad said, boy, Dominic, you've sure been listening to the devil. And I said, he's just slapped me with that. Bam, just like that. And I said, you know, that was the devil. 
and he got me into the word of God, and I learned about how God used Abraham's servant to find Isaac a wife, and I remember praying, and it wasn't too long after that God sent a mirror to me. But the devil will try to lie. Thank God for a father that will tell truth to his kids when his kids are struggling. Maybe they say out of their mouth, Dad this, Mom this, Dad this, and Mom this. That's the time you can give them the word. Sometimes my dad would correct me, just slap me with the word. Dominic, that's the devil. That ain't God. That ain't God talking to you, son. The Lord said you're going to be a fruitful husband. You're going to be a great man of God. You know, he began to declare it over me. And thank God we can give. Can I give, can you give the Lord a good hand clap for that? Amen? Amen. Luke eleven twenty one 21 says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. You, you, you mighty men, you mighty women, you strong men are fully armed with the word of God. You guard your house with the word. And you, you put the word around your children so when the devil comes, it's the, the word is like pricks and thorns. The devil can't get to them. And you grease your children with the word. Every time the devil thinks he's got them, they slip right out from under his hand because you grease them with the Holy Spirit of worship. You grease them with the word of God. You speak the word over them. You bless them in the morning. And they're so slippery, the devil could never get them. They're just always slipping out of his grips and moving out because he's got parents that are fully armed with the Bible and with the Spirit of God, and with the presence of God. Amen, amen. He said, well, how can I give my little child the word? Chop it up. You don't give children big carrots. You chop the carrots up. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. You start little with the young kids. Talk about the character of God. What's the character? You could just say, God is a good God, kids. They're three years old, two years old. God is faithful. He'll never leave us, kids. God is love. God is trustworthy. God is holy and set apart. God is mighty and God is merciful and God is with us and God is good. You can just repeat those words to them. It's it's in the Bible. Just put the Bible out, kids. It's right in there. You can talk about the names of God, the Hebrew names. Get all the names. You can Google the Hebrew names of God. There's probably 8, 15 to 25 of them. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord's our healer, kids. Jehovah Shema, the Lord's presence is with us. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. And begin to talk about the great things of God. Show them that. I used to love to watch that Hanna-Barbera's Greatest Adventure. I know this goes back a few years when my kids were. How many, how many parents know what that is? Some of you parents know what that is. Hanna-Barbera's Greatest Adventure. What's that? Bible heroes. Daniel and the lion's den. David with Goliath, Moses with the staff over the Red Sea. All those stories, we used to watch those, shut the TV off, put those biblical stories on. Man, I would sit there and just get blessed. I'd walk out of there filled with faith, man. Man, those Hanna-Barberas, you could still get the YouTubes today. They work, they work, they work. So you want to welcome your children to Christ. You want to get, teach them the word. In order to teach them the word, the Lord needs to, you need to get an appetite, hunger for the word. Hunger for the word. I remember my father used to repeat scripture after scripture. Give me the chapter, give me the verse, give me the chapter. I go, Dad, how do you do that? How do you could give scriptures and references and all that? He said, Dominic, just stay with it. It'll come on you. And it was true. Whatever you get addicted to comes in you and comes on you. When I was a little boy, I loved baseball. I loved the Detroit Tigers, 1968. How many people remember? I was at the, I was at the, the fifth game. I went to the fifth game. I watched Willie Horton throw out Lou Brock at home plate. Mickey Lolich won his second game, then went on to win his third game, and the Tigers became the world champions. I can tell you for two or three years, every batting average of every Tiger, 
I could tell you, I could, I could show you the way they bat. I could pitch the way they could pitch because I memorized. I loved it. I was in it. God's going to give us and he's given this church. He's, he's marked us for the love of his word. And you're going to get addicted to the word by hearing the word through tapes and podcasts and YouTubes, by getting in the book yourself, a daily Bible reading. And before you know it, the word's going to come out of your mouth. And before you know it, you're going to know some of the chapters and some of the verses. I don't care if it's one or two or three. It's getting in you. It's going to come out of you. What's in the abundance of your heart comes out of your mouth. Then not only that, teach them to worship. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Teach them to worship. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against the enemies. Oh, this could be one of the greatest things we could teach our children besides the word of God. Because, besides your kids speaking the word of God. I'm going to go back to that word because I taught my kids young when they got sick. I said, put your hands on your body with Papa, with Daddy, and I want you to repeat this with me. By his stripes I am healed. My kids were speaking that. Get your kids speaking the word out of their mouth. God meets our needs. You know, get them declaring that. But also, out of the mouth of praise, through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against the enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Children pray. God says their praise silences the devil. Now, I know what you, you think and I think, but God says those kids praising are putting more of a blessing in your home than you even realize. Get, that, get those YouTubes of Hillsong and Bethel and cult, Jesus Culture and let the praise of God, the teacher, come on, kids, let's praise the Lord. You know, and have those moments. Thou art holy, thou that inhabitest, lives in the praises of Israel. God lives in the praises. He's with your children through worship. When there are dark times, let, teach them to sing that song in the night season. Psalms 89 says, blessed are those who've learned to acclaim and worship you. It's a learned art to praise God. Blessed are those who've learned to worship and praise you, who walk in your presence. So it's, it's a learned behavior. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. amen. And then the, the fourth W is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Now these are, these, these are all, all great things because when you take the W out of wisdom, that's all you got left, is left is, is dumb. You know, so, you know, if you take, you think the double out of is dumb. I don't want to say is dumb, but I put is dumb. <laughs> but uh, because, it, it, because we need the wisdom of God. When he said when you're building a house, Matthew 7 says a wise man builds it on the word. He's, he hears the word and he does the word. The foolish man hears the word, but he doesn't do it. He builds it on sand. And that word, the foolish man, actually comes from the word moros, where we get the word moron. That people hear the word and don't practice the word or actively work to practice it and be a doer of it. We're all working on that. That's when you become wise. That's when God is able to build his wisdom in your life. When you begin to hear what God's saying and you begin to practice it, begin to be a doer of it. Now, many times it's because you say it out of your mouth, you hear the word, and faith comes by hearing, and then you want to act how to have peace. Some of you might be worried today. There's a scripture that says, cast all your cares upon the Lord. I didn't know that was in the Bible. Somebody told me when I was a young Christian, I was worried, I was nervous, I couldn't sleep at night, my mind was racing. They said, Dominic, for, second, first Peter 5, 7, second Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him. All your worries, all your anxiety, once, once and for all upon him, because he cares for you and he watches over you. That scripture there changed my life. You mean I could literally cast my worries upon the Lord? Yeah, work, do the best you can throughout the day, 
but then give your worry to the Lord at night. Just give it to him and say, Lord, while I'm sleeping, you're working. I know how this is going to turn, but you said all things are going to turn together for good. And while I'm sleeping, I thank you that you never sleep, you never slumber, you're God. And angels are working on my behalf. And what the enemies try to lie to me to say Monday and Tuesday is going to be rough next month, I give my worry to you and I trust you, God, that you're turning that thing and something miraculous is going to come forth for me. I praise you. Amen? In Jesus, give God a good hand clap. Praise the Lord. That's called the wisdom, the wisdom of God. When the Lord told Mary, the mother of Jesus, divine favor for us, she said the angel told Mary she was highly favored, Luke 1.28. That word highly favored means, God says, your divine favor, you have a divine favor for a special vocation. You mothers and you fathers, Mary's vocation was raising Jesus. That same favor, special favor, that same special grace is upon every parent in this church. You have a special grace and favor, a vocation for raising your children. The Lord has given you a special grace. He's given you a special wisdom. He's given you a special power to direct your children, to bless your children, and to raise that beautiful child up in the fear and the admonition of God. Can I hear a good amen? It's a beautiful thing. Then the fifth W is whack, W-H. A-C-K, or discipline, I should say. I shouldn't say whack. That's a terrible word. I was looking for something for the devil, and I said whack. Don't ever whack your children. But, every, but the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. And he talks about disciplining in love. That means when your children, not when they make an accident, not when you're angry and you don't have yourself under control, and that's not easy. You might have to walk away for a while and come back, but if your children are disrespecting, your children are doing things that, that, that you know to be terribly wrong, then you need to say, I love you enough to tell you what the Bible says, honey. You don't disrespect your mother. You don't disrespect your, children, your sisters and siblings. And you could say, the Bible says to discipline. And that's why the Lord gives you special padding in your rear end. And you can give them... You can just take the rod of correction and just drive. The Bible says the rod of correction will drive the rebellion right out. Praise God. In Jesus' name. I didn't say abuse. I didn't say do those things. I said you love your children enough to discipline them in love and show them the scripture and then embrace them and tell them how much you love them and care for them enough to correct them when they go off because you love their future and you love them. Um, in Jesus' name. Then the, then the sixth W is no work, no eat. No work, no eat. Set, teach them a good work ethic. Teach and set the example. Thessalonians says this, for when they were with you, we gave this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So you're teaching your children a good work ethic. Worth of excellence and servanthood and giving. You know, when you teach your kids, you get, to, you get to work. You get to use the gift God's given you. You know, it took me a while. I used to work for, I worked for a couple companies for a little bit. Boy, I was so, guys, you know what I'm talking about, girls? When you're working someplace and your heart's not there, and you're just kind of doing this, and you're thinking, Dan, I cannot stand this. This is, this is not for me. But one day, my dad and my Uncle Rocky had these strawberries that they needed to get rid of. And they gave me, I, got, I had the van, the Rocky Produce van. I packed in, I don't know, two two or three uh, skids, pallets of strawberries. And they said, Dominic, go sell them and you're going to make money off them. And I mean, I went out and I parked the side of the road, started bringing flats of strawberries and customers were coming. I was using my voice, strawberries, cherries. 
and I had this sign out there, and all of a sudden they were giving me money, Pete. They were giving me money. I had so much money in my hand. I paid off my uncle and my father, and I walked away with $100 or $120. I said, I like work. I really like it. I could do this. You know, it's amazing when they catch their stride. The kids bring excellence. They want to they build something and make something happen. It's a wonderful thing. Praise God. The number seven, watch the watch. How much time are others spending with your children? Who's really influencing them? How much time are you giving to them? First Corinthians says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good behavior. Remember what 2 Timothy said about, about, about Timothy. He said, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Your faith was influenced first by your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I'm persuaded now lives in you. He's saying, who's watching your kids? Who's influencing them? One, it could be bad that corrupts good people. There was a grandmother and a mother that influenced Timothy's faith. I'm telling you, the Bible says that your work is never in vain, the work that you're sowing in, the time that you're giving to build that foundation. How many people know foundations are not easy? you got to go deep. It's work, work, work. You're building it daily. You need a break. Fathers, I understand it. you got to have a coffee, chill time, put a sports program on, get your mind erased, then go back in the battle. Mothers, give it up for all the mothers. Come on. Give it up for these mothers. They're amazing. The mothers are amazing. Oh, you could do better than that. They work a lot harder than us fathers. They work a lot harder than us fathers. In closing this morning, we want to hit the bullseye with our children. Like I said, this church has been marked by the Holy Spirit. Each one of you are mighty men, mighty women, marked that the scent of God's presence through you is going to cause dry people, people lost, to begin to bud, to come to life again. In Proverbs 26, 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. That word train up is the Hebrew word uh, shanak, C-H-A-N-A-K. That word shanak, train up, means to throttle, to govern, to restrain the narrow path traveled. That means you gotta, you got to put, a, if you don't have a governor on your car, your motorcycle, it'll just go out of control. The governor sets the throttle so that the bike stays in control. you got to throttle, govern your children and watch over them to walk that narrow path. Eli had two sons, and he knew they were sinning. He knew they were doing terrible things, but the Bible says he refused to restrain his children, both of his children. And because of that, 34,000 Israelites were killed because one man refused to restrain his children. It not only affects your family, it can affect many families. When you see things, he said, govern them, restrain them on that narrow path. Okay? Number two, it also speaks about to train up to strangle or choke by a rope. This speaks of controlling the growth like pulling on the reins of a horse. A time comes when you need to let go of the rope. See, the wisdom of holding and the, the wisdom of letting go like the mission trips when my kids were 13 years old. That was a faith thing, but I knew God was saying, you got to let them go and trust me. Do everything you can to protect them, but now it's time to let them go a little bit. you got to know when it's time to release them and let them go out and become a man and become a woman. You gotta always be there though to protect the boundaries that you have for them and know the timing of a little bit more rope, then a little bit more rope, then a little bit more rope, okay? Then three, it's to inaugurate. This word speaking about train up means to inaugurate, to induct or install. It's to set in position for use in a public office like a military. Your job, parents, 
is to prepare your children for the office that God's preparing them for this world to have them in. You're preparing them for a position that one day they'll shine. You're working and molding them that one day when they move off, they're going to shine. They're going to be that wife. They're going to be that, that man. They're going to be that person in the school. They're going to be that person in that position, rearing and reading and empowered by God to be a strong and be a world changer. And then number four, it also speaks of a dedication, a grand opening, a groundbreaking ceremony of a new establishment. That's a, anybody have a, when we started this building, we had a groundbreaking we say and there's a building that's about to be erected, and we want to just celebrate this building's going to be dedicated to God. When every parent has a child born in the hospital, you're signifying a ceremony, a dedication, a groundbreaking. There's a building. I'm building a life right now that was just born. It's my baby. It's my daughter. It's my son. It's a ceremony that I get, to, I get to build them from the ground up with the word of God, with the spirit of God. I get to mark them for God. I get to do that in Christ's name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Well, let's give the Lord a good hand clap this morning. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know we gave you a lot of information. I'm going to let you go right now, but we talked about welcoming them. Give them the word. Give them worship. Give them the wisdom of God. Give them the whack every now and then. Watch the watch. Hit the bullseye in Jesus' name. Hit the bullseye in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Is that Pat over there? Pat, man, I tell you, I just know you love your little Georgie. I'm telling you and your wife, because you've loved your children, you loved your son, that Georgie's going to be a powerful vessel for God. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I thought about you when I was doing this message. The Lord said, boy, them two love that child. That child's going to be a mighty in the, in the earth. George's got a mighty, the mighty hand of God. And all you people that love your children so much, I'm you are the mighty warriors. You are the mighty men, the Yarboroughs, Brandon and his beautiful wife, the Stiltners, all the beautiful families. God's marked you men, marked you women. Your children are marked for God. You're not afraid. You're not anti-Christ. Anti means anti the anointing. You're not anti-Holy Spirit. You're anti Give me the anointing. I want that anointing all over my children. I want the spirit of God, the power of God, the life of God, the ministry of God, the call of God, all over them. And God's saying, they're, being, they're marked. They're marked. You just keep it up. Just stay with it. Maybe a little tweak, a little tweak here and there, but just keep on keeping on in Jesus' name. The last W I'm going to give you is willing. How many people... How many men in this building would say, I'm willing to mark children for God? I'm not mark them in the Holy Spirit. How many men? I'm willing. That last W, I'm willing, God. If you're willing, men, I just want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to see how many mighty men are willing to mark this generation for God. How many mighty men want to mark a generation? Mark a generation for God. Oh, we give you praise. Come on, women, give it up for these men. We give God praise. We give God praise. We give God praise. You know, even, even in, most, in most churches, 10% of the people in, in, the, in the children's ministry are, are, are men. 90% are women. Thank God, thank God for the women. Not, not in our church. I don't believe it's, but I'll tell you one thing, men. Some of you men are going to be called to mark children in our children's service.
Some of these worship leaders are going to be moving in services for the children. And you're going to mark the children with the brand of worship and praise. You're going to teach them to worship God because the big is in the little. The Lord said, let the children come to me. I want them to know my presence as a little baby. I want them to know how to praise. I want someone to encourage them to praise me and to get the voices of God out of Zion. I'm looking for some adults that will come down and say, I want to raise up some prayer warriors. I want to raise up some intercessors. I want to raise up some children that know God and are marked by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Some of you men, I want to say this, don't let the devil condemn you. You're like me. Some of you are a little late bloomers, but I got news for you. You're just right on time. You say, Pastor, I've had a marked background. It's not been marked by God. It was marked by this and that. But God said he changed your mark. Last week's message by Jonathan. God has marked you now. The Holy Spirit is on you, and you're going to mark this generation for God. Give it up to the Lord if you believe that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Men, keep standing, keep standing, men. I want to pray for every person in this building that, that maybe you've come in here as a seeker and you don't know the Lord. Today's the day for God to mark you in your spirit, Christ coming into your heart. How many people here want the Lord in your life? You want the Lord in your heart. I want every one of us to pray this prayer. Just say it out loud. Just say, dear God in heaven, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Now I'm one with you, and I love you. Thank you for being my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed that part of our message. There is so much more to experience at Oakland Church. We look forward to seeing you soon.